Cool. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about business sports and media technology disruption business, obviously. Uh, we are here again on Radio Row uh, at the Super Bowl in Miami. I'm Joe Favorito, joined by Tom Cerny. Tom, welcome back again. We're back. We're rocking and rolling. We are back. So we've talked a little bit about sports business, obviously, from a macro standpoint uh, a couple times today. Our guest today is a relative newcomer to the New York area, at least, and the national scene on the sports business side. Uh, a Temple guy, a Philly guy, um, really kind of um, been involved, especially around the NBA with The Athletic and The Express News. So Jabari Young, welcome to The Cusp Show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, um, uh, coming from Temple, uh, it's good to have Columbia University now attached to my name somehow, even, if, even if it's through a podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it's good to be here. It's good on Radio Row, man. And Joe, you was telling me how crazy this place is on Radio Row. It is phenomenal, man. I mean, just uh, the amount of people that are here, it's just it's a great experience. Man. Yeah, so we have, um, I, when I looked, I saw that there were, uh, I think, three stations from Australia or three outfits from Australia. Germany, we know, Marcus Kuhn uh, and Sebastian Vollmer are here. Um, Spain, three stations from Mexico. Of course, six college radio stations, which I take a lot of pride in. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, outlets from coast to coast. And it's evolved where it's not just live radio stations for a couple hours a day. People are doing podcasting and video. Uh, Twitter obviously has a big setup here. So, you know, it's really changed over the years, but it's, there's really nothing like it in sports. Yeah. So, um, so, Jabari, why don't we touch a little bit on kind of uh, what you've seen since you've taken over the beat, um, the things that are on your mind, the business that's evolving, kind of the emerging business. Uh, that, that you're going to cover from a beat from CNBC. Talk us through a little bit of it, and then we definitely want to talk about the NBA as well. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, what I'm seeing so far, man, is uh, this is a big industry, you know, the sports business industry. And, you know, you know so you got to get to know so many people. Um, you got to go through a lot of networking events. You know, I'm down here probably doing more networking events than I'm writing, you know, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm like, man, any time now CNBC's going to be like, yo, what's up? Where, where are the stories? I'm like, well, I'm trying to get them. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's such a big experience, man. And so I, I figure using year one to kind of do as much networking as possible. You know, obviously try to, you know, write as much as possible if you find out anything. But you just got so many places to be. You know, yesterday, uh, you know, we're taping this. But Wednesday was, was a crazy day for me because you're talking about getting up in the morning and it was nonstop meetings from NFL pitch day to I got an interview over the other side of town to go back to NFL pitch day and then to this other event. It got so crazy that I get to the uh, another event, my last of the night. I'm like, okay, cool. It's 9 o'clock. I'm going to stay the hour here and I'm getting out of here because I still got to write. And, you know, I get there. I'm looking around. I'm like, where's everybody at? Oh, everybody left. And I showed up. I said, you sure this event's here? She looks at the date and says, well, that's tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> but you, you also got a day back. That way, yeah, yeah, you know, so, so. It, but it, it's a great thing, man. So, you know, learning so many people and learning so many names and learning how other leagues do business. Um, I'm pretty familiar with how the NBA does it, being as though that I covered that. But learning how the NFL business runs, learning how the NBA, MLB business is operating, 
soon to switch over to MLS, right, because their season's coming 25 years they've been in, and also trying to pay attention to the other small coming leagues. Joe, you're involved with the National Cross League. I think that league is phenomenal. I think it's growing. I love the energy. Um, and, you know, really aligning myself with that league and seeing how that's operating, it's, it's fascinating. You know, it's just one of those things where you kind of hit the reset button on your career and, you know, you're starting all over again. You know, you, you, you're building up sources, you're building up contacts. And at first I was like, man, I'm nervous. Like, I, I don't how am I going to do all of this? But Joe's been a, fr- a tremendous help. Thank you for that, number one. And number two, uh, I just sat back one night and said, look, just have fun with it. You know, you know mm-hmm. how to do it. Um, before I got over here, I'm seeing Michael Irvin walk past me. Oh, man, I interviewed Jalen Smith. want to do a business profile on him. Why don't I get some comment from Michael Irvin? I stop in the middle of the hallway, switch gears. Hey, Mr. Irvin, get a couple of comments from him. So I think it, I'm getting back to that hustle stage, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm finding that to be fun. And what I'm looking for is, again, not only studying how the, the leagues do their business, but also trying to bring a new element to the, the sports business world and trying to make it a, a cultural thing. In uh, this article that I'm doing, you know, a lot of – Social media companies, they, they find themselves, even the NFL, they find themselves hitting the reset button because they're ready to open the door to a whole new generation of, of fans, right? Gen Z, females uh, are big uh, on their agenda. Uh, and so doing that, you have to align yourself with uh, certain social media brands, certain brands that young people are at. TikTok, you know, is another one. Uh, and, and so I look at it from where I'm doing. Okay, I want to bring the cultural aspect, you know, to, to the sports business world. I want to be able to introduce people uh, and introduce guys' portfolio, their business ideas, where they at. You know, one guy I talked to yesterday, uh, the Cowboys, Jalen Smith, had no idea he was such, I mean, a guy has it all. He, he's just very, very good, very detailed, has a great portfolio so far, real estate buildings in Tampa, St. Petersburg, Cincinnati, Atlanta. Okay, and it's it's going to continue to grow, and he's only been in the league for a few years, and already he has all of that properties, homes, office buildings, and it's like, damn, this dude is he's legit, uh, and so tapping into that world and kind of introducing that, uh, because I don't think we see enough of that. We see enough of guys missing tackles, we see enough of them going oh for whatever from the free throw or from the three point line, but I don't think we get a chance to really experience guys of what they're like off the field and the things they have going on off the field. And in this social media world, uh, the fans always want to they want to know 100 percent, 24 hours a day, what's he doing, mm-hmm. and 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 making it so you can relate those guys to the average people because they want to know that these athletes, even though they have money, they're making mistakes just like me, and also they can learn from their mistakes so they won't make it down a future, make make it the same mistake in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, when we have a lot of students kind of in our program looking to come to our program yeah. and alumni, kind of what drives you to, you know, put out your best work day in and day out uh, when you're interviewing, you know, the likes of Michael Irvin, right? You're talking about some of the great football players that have ever played this game. Yeah. Um, kind of what drives you and what excites you the most when you sit down, you know, in front of your laptop and you start writing an article? Dick Schatt, Stephen A. Smith, Mike wow. Wilbon. Great um, You know, uh, Red Smith. Um you know, those guys. You know, one of my favorite articles, I remember the article I read before uh, I took the job was uh, Frank Sinatra Has a Cold. Yes. One of the best articles I've ever read in my life. Do you know who really, wrote that? 
<laughs> School him, Joe. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over that later. So. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, it's 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 and if people who are listening to this podcast never read that article, I would advise them to go read it because it is one of the most. As I write it down. Yeah, it's a great journalism article, and even uh, the death of a racehorse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was a great article. Just the, the way that you know they're able to capture scenes and. You know, working at CNBC, the the thing that I'm still trying to get accustomed to is, you know, they're such a big business channel that they are they want everything from a news element, and I miss that element of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously trying to introduce that new role to CNBC and understanding, hey, listen, I know we're a business, I know we're breaking news, I know we're worried about what company, the earnings report. But you know what? On a Saturday and Sunday, when you find people looking for those articles on business, they might come across a storytelling article that has a business element to it. They might read that, too. And I feel like platforms like The Athletic, where I came from, has proven that that, is a, uh, that type of, of, of articles, those storytelling articles, are, are relevant. Maybe more than ever before, because we want to hear the behind-the-scenes stories. We want to hear the behind-the-scenes action. What happened? Who did it? Who said it? And I feel like that is a, a, a lane that... The athletics tapped into very, very well, and are successful with it. And I hope to bring some type of element to that through CNBC if they allow me. <laughs> so it's funny for um, uh, the fact that Gay Talese is still around New York. You yeah. should probably find him. So, so uh, I might, um, I might. And yeah. you know something that Jabari mentioned. So for people who are listening, who are always looking for great storytelling, every year by the best American sports writing, yeah, which is a great anthology, comes out October, November every year. And they've really expanded it with amazing editors to kind of embrace not just the traditional media, but, you know, you'll see Barstool and Bleacher Report in there now as well, which is great. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your time at the NBA, uh, covering the NBA, especially yeah. in San Antonio, uh, around the glory years of the Spurs yeah. uh, and towards the end of the glory years of the Spurs. Um, definitely not an organization that embraced the media in any way, shape, or form. Um, a star in Tim Duncan who... It's amazing that he's back on the bench now, but you know, kind of shrunk away from that. But was a tremendous leader off the court. Um, what was that like being around the Spurs from a reporting standpoint and a storytelling standpoint for you? It was a challenge. You know, it was a challenge. Um, I remember a long time ago, I was on a bench, and here I am, this guy from Philly. Uh, and you know how you know people from Philly, man, we're we're hardcore, man, we're rugged. <laughs> If, we, if we're pushing that, yeah. Um, and, 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 and we don't, we're not a pushover, right? So I remember sitting on the bench with R.C. Buford, the Spurs GM, and we're talking. And here I am, this young kid. I'm thinking I'm knowing it all. But I'm like, yeah, but such and such. But yeah, yeah. And he's like, would you shut the F up and let me talk? And at that point, I was humbled right in my seat at the AT&T Center on the bench. And in my mind, the Philly part of me is like, who the hell does this dude think he's talking to? But the journalism, the journalistic part of me said, you know what? Use your eyes and your ears more. And I had a, a chance to talk to a, a columnist down there. His name was Buck Harvey, one of the mm-hmm. greatest columnists that I've, I've ever been introduced to. I love his work. Buck has taught me so much about how to cover that team. And I went to Buck and I said, man, how did you how do you do it? I asked Sam Smith the same way uh, in Chicago. How did you how do you cover Pop? Because Sam and Pop, they always go back and forth. They always and it's a fun type of you know bickering back and forth. But that's what Pop loves. And so talking to the guys who've been there, talking to the guys who've been around that organization, uh, the guys who've covered Pop longer than I have, helped me understand the perspective of how to cover the Spurs. And what Buck Harvey told me was, hey, listen, you got to treat it like anything else. They're going to go through their mood swings. Greg Popovich is going to go through his mood swings. And that helped me. And, and, and when you're covering that team, you have to have perspective. 
if you don't have perspective and you just are one of those uh, writers that's going to come in and try to break a headline or just try to you know take words and regurgitate them out to make it seem like it's something else, you're not going to get far with them. They'll give you a media credential when you come to the game, but you won't be able to get far with them. Mm-hmm. So you know, having that perspective, sitting back, learning from guys like Buck, Mike Monroe, um, and, and talking to guys like Sam Smith over the years has really helped me. And then just sitting down and applying the patience of it, the perspective, the patience, working behind the scenes. And one of the, the tactics I've never done was I've never used to try to go to the Spurs to anything. I always went around the league because what you'll find is there's so many people around the NBA, so many teams that despise the Spurs. They can't stand them. They can't stand them because they, they're looking at it from a point of view like, listen, this team is glorified all the time. Pop is glorified all the time. If we had as much time as he did to put a, cha- a freedom franchise together, we'd be fine too. Oh, by the way, if we had Tim Duncan, we'd be okay too. Okay, so why does he get on that level? Pop is a great coach. But even he will tell you, without Tim Duncan, he doesn't get that those amount of, amount of wins. Uh, and, and so when you look at it from that perspective, it just it helps you understand how to cover such a difficult uh, franchise and, and difficult from the way they're not giving you anything. You got to earn it, you know, and, and they're traditional, you know, they're, they're very traditional. You got to ask them call, you know, Tom James, the, the PR guy down there. I remember having a conversation with him. He says, you know, nobody calls anymore. Everybody just, they'll, they'll tweet, they'll whatever, they'll text, but they, they don't call to confirm anything anymore. And so I added that as part of the, I covered them and I made a point, you know, even if you don't answer the phone or whatever, I, I made a promise to R.C. Buford. One day he called me, chewed me out because of a story I wrote. And I said, he said, well, why don't you come to me? I said, well, I go to your PR guy. Ain't nobody come back to me. He said, well, now you got my number. And so it's like it's that type of, of, of relationship building that you have to do. And that was early on. Uh, but over the years, you know, you, you just gain it. And what I know when I walked away from that, Tom James, the uh, PR guy, uh, sent me an a email, man, and, or a text. I forget which one it was. And he said to me, uh, he said, listen, we may not have agreed with everything you wrote, but you were fair. And we appreciate that. And you've done more for us than we've done for you. Mm-hmm. And so to hear that, you just kind of know you approach the job the right way. Cool. Um, talk a little bit about Kawhi. You were there at the beginning when yeah. Kawhi Leonard came into the league. He's got a different approach to media, obviously. Um, very businesslike. Uh, your relationship with him from a business perspective, from a uh, from a professional perspective? Great. In a good space. You know, one of the when I first went down and I would all, you know, advise all young writers to do if you're covering a sports team is you know i knew for a fact that tony tim manu i may have had a little relationship with those guys but they're on their last few years i had to align myself with the star that was up and coming and here i keep hearing greg popovich saying Kawhi's coming Kawhi's coming okay well, i'm gonna align myself with Kawhi. let me get and and build something with him because if he's going to be the next star then i want to be the journalist that's attached to it the same way Sam was attached to Michael uh, Jordan. The same way J.A. Adonde and Bill Plasky and, and, and those guys out there was attached to uh, Shaq or Kobe, one or the other. You know what I mean? T.J. was out there. When, when they, Shaq and Kobe was beefing, they had their sides. So I, I had to choose my side and my side. I said, okay, look, I'm going to align myself with Kawhi. I'm going to dig myself into Kawhi because if he's the up-and-coming star, if he's the guy that's going to take over the baton, then I want to make sure that I have him from the start, okay, to the end. Now, I couldn't imagine that he was going to work his way out. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, 
I did that, and I think that helped the relationship, uh, and I was able to get uh, some perspective once it was coming down. You know, once the Spurs became immune, once they understand they're part of the NBA now because they go through the same drama, the same nonsense that every other team goes through. They went through it, and they felt it. They tasted it. Uh, it was fun. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And then it just got out of control. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, okay, I want it to be over. But I think Kawhi is a very, at times, misunderstood guy. Very funny. I tell people all the time, very funny. Um, and has a sense of humor. Loves talking about West Coast hip-hop. Loves fashion. Um, and I feel like if you tap into uh, those elements of a player and not just make it about their sport, you get further with them. Uh, and I was able to do that with Kawhi, and I made that my blueprint for dealing with guys all the time. You know, don't just worry about the, the, the game. Uh, GM in a long time told me, you know, Jabari, never forget the human element of things, right? The human element is is that just because a guy's shooting 0 for 10 or he's, you know, whatever from whatever percent from three-point in his last 10 games, find out if there's a human element role that's playing in that. Maybe he's not in the slump. Maybe he's, something's going on with him. And so now I go to guys when they're in that, hey, are you okay? You know, are you injured? Is something wrong? Like, you know I mean, everything good? And, and sometimes they'll open up to you and sometimes they won't. And, and, but I give them an opportunity to because I'm like, okay, listen, man, you go 15 games. I'm going to have to start criticizing you a little bit. Are you cool? And uh, I try to in- incorporate that, the human element into things. And I feel like when you are able to remember that element, that aspect of how to cover a team, how to cover stars, it will always help you and it get further and you'll, and you'll build relationship with guys. Um, and it, it just it, it makes that job that easier, mm-hmm. right? It makes it much easier. Has um, as you've gone over to the business side, has that you talked a little bit about the storytelling, yeah. but the person element when you're talking to the CEO of a company, do you still are you still able to factor that in? Like they may be having a bad day because of earnings or whatever it is when you're trying to do a story. No, because they're too rich. I don't care about them. Right. No, good, I'm good, good <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You do, Joe, and you, and you try so much. I mean, you know what the what I'm finding the interesting part with uh, dealing with people, CEOs, and even owners of sports. Some of these guys are, I feel, disattached from uh, reality because they've been on a such a high level for so long that I don't think that they have a, a feel for what's going on at the bottom, right? And so, a guy like me who was always attached to the bottom because that's where I come from. I feel like I would. I wanted to take this job to be the bridge for those owners or those CEOs that are all the way for me, you know, maybe removed uh, from what's really happening, and and be the bridge for those people and be the voice for those people and say, hey, listen, I think you got it wrong, Mr. CEO, because down here these people are feeling one way, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe you need to kind of think about that. So I think it's going to take some time for me to, you know, actually have to build that bridge right as i'm learning more people more ceos and i listen i want to be uh, a resource not just gain sources i want to be a resource um i would love for for people to call up and i you know i'll see us hey what do you think about this i mean i feel like that builds relationships it helps me with perspective it helps me just you know understand how to deal with these guys right and how to deal with owners and ceos and coos and, and you bring you a know. different perspective right right you know in a different perspective so i hope the same way that i want to utilize them that they utilize me you know and and if that can happen i feel like the relationship will go uh great i'll do some great phenomenal things at cnbc and then i'll call you up one day joe and i say hey i'm ready to move man i'm ready to get out of the business you got a young person i can recommend 
so I can take over this job, you know. So you have your fun and you can get out before they kick you out. Yep, that's, that's a good perspective for anybody getting started. Last question, um, are there topics, you know, everybody's talking about gambling and CBD, uh, foreign investment in teams, uh, things that you're watching or brands that have really kind of jumped up and said, you know, from a business perspective, these are, these are people that are really on my radar. Yeah, you know, um, again, I feel like the, the sports betting thing, I'm keeping an eye on that. You know, I want to see how many divorces people have a year. <laughs> Right. How many mortgages? How many, exactly. How many marriages you come home and, you know. So that, that's going to be an interesting one. I, the way that that was incorporating, uh, the way that that's being incorporated into our society, uh, I'm both happy, excited, and nervous, you know, because it's, it might, and then wait until it gets to New York, right? I mean, and it, it's coming. You have to go to the middle of the George Washington Bridge, right? Okay, that's what I'm saying. You know, they're going to have to have cops staked out at nighttime because of a dude making like, oh, I got to sure fire bet and loses everything and it's like over the hill uh i was watching this movie i think it was on netflix called arizona right and it was about it was it, it, in the middle of the housing crisis and and it was a guy who bought a house uh what was the dude dan mcbride is the, the, the actor he bought a crib and it's worth nothing is underwater and he takes the real estate agent hostage it's a very com- comedy bloody movie but it's like i want to see i hope sports betting doesn't resort to that mm-hmm. another thing is i want to see how you know these franchises uh now that the valuation of these places are so you know the valuation of these teams are so outrageous man i mean I, you, you want to see if there's any players you know you want to see the next team that gets sold uh from an nba perspective and an nfl perspective how much is it going to be worth because that's why these leagues now are creating these uh equity you know investment these vehicles because they're going to have to attract other people with money because not everybody is the David Tepper. Everybody can pull $600 million out of his pocket, okay, as a down payment for a $2 billion team. Oh, and then, by the way, you go and get another $3 million for MLS team. So, you know, the, the dude is messing with a lot of money. I'm scared of him. You know, he can end my life and, he, you know, that's yeah, but, it. But those are the guys you want to have around. So. It, it is, you know, and, and, and you know he's watching. He might be listening. You know, even on Squawk Box show when we were talking about him, this man texts the show. I'm like, 658, what is he doing up? I forgot who he is. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, how that part of it, who's the new David Teppers? These young guys coming in because everybody wants the, a sports franchise because they, the live element of it is the last thing that's driving TV. So I'm, I'm trying to see how that dynamic is, is going to unfold. And, and then, Joe, you know, just trying to learn this role, you know, learning more into it, learning uh, the CNBC platform, right, and, and hoping that it can align with what I have envisioned. And, you know, that, that takes time. You know, when I was even at that job interview, I was saying, hey, listen, I hope y'all know we need time to build this. Right? It ain't coming overnight, and I want to build it the right way foundationally because last time they had a sports uh, a business reporter was, I believe, Darren Ravel right? you know, on, on the website front. And so I don't want that to happen again. I want to be able to bequeath this role to somebody else and keep it going and going and going so that CNBC will never have to worry about going through years and years without a, a sports business reporter. So that's why I feel I put so much pressure on myself. It's up to me to get it right the first time so they can create these roles, add more roles, right? add internships for these type of sports business roles to allow people to learn it so nobody don't have to do what I do when I got into this and that's learning right now and I'm calling Joe 5 o'clock in the morning I'm trying, hey man you got some advice for me 10 o'clock you know? at night exactly yeah. 10 o'clock at night okay. I'm up at all hours of the day you know up at all hours of the day yeah. well Jabari oh most importantly how do people follow you um well I would give out my number no I know mm. Jabari J Young you know on Twitter Jabari 
JB underscore Young on Instagram. Facebook is for family and friends, so I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, but uh, those two, and I usually follow back mm-hmm. for a day or two. So There you go. Yeah. Test them out. There you go. Well, it's been another episode. Thank you so much. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Best of luck. Thank you. So once again, Jabari Young, CNBC, by way of Philly, San Antonio, and Portland. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us on The Cusp Show.